You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bill Kinkavich, and you're listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast. is an episode of the Epic Marvel Podcast, and I am your host, Curtis Findlay, and you heard it right there in case you were ever wondering how to pronounce his name, Bill Sienkiewicz. And Bill Sienkiewicz, of course, I hope you all know who this guy is because he is quite an influential artist um, in the comic book industry, especially with Marvel Comics, having done titles like um, New Mutants and, of course, Moon Knight where he kind of got into the industry. We hear his fascinating origin story, how he got um, how he got hired by Marvel, his taking over Moon Knight uh, for the Hulk magazine and spinning him off into his, star- his own title, and how his artwork evolved through the course of Moon Knight's 30-some-odd issues. This is a really interesting interview, and I hope you all enjoy it. Um, but just before we get into there, I want to make a little plug for our Patreon site, patreon.com. Thank you if you are a supporter already, Um, but if not, if you're just listening to this through our regular podcast feed, then hop on over to patreon.com slash thunderquack, pledge $5 and get access to a whole bunch of different interviews and podcast exclusive episodes. Uh, You won't be disappointed. There's a lot of cool stuff there. And okay, enough from me. Here's my interview with Bill Sienkiewicz. What were you up to just before walking into the Marvel offices? Uh, well, just before, I was actually, um, I just finished my second year of art school in May. I think, um, and so um, all of my friends were older. Um, I, even though I was in second, you know, the second year, it was a three-year art school in Newark, you know, music college uh, and uh, uh, also an arts college. Okay. Um, there's a, a dancer named Sabian Glover. Who is who went there? So he, you know, he was a classmate, and uh, you know, except he was he was in the music section, right? You know, Melba Moore when the singer Melba Moore went there years ago. Oh yeah. But um, uh, you know, cause I'd always done comics as a kid, and then when I got into art school, I, I really started getting into painting and fine art and illustration. And um, when all my friends were were graduating, I just decided, well, I, I had a moment of feeling kind of almost alone. Not that I, I had anything. I, mean, I had friends in my own class, but I was, uh, you know, with more the more advanced students, and so I felt kind of inspired by them to kind of go out and see what was possible. And I thought, well, let me just, you know, I've always loved comics. Maybe let me see if I can, you know, get a pinup or you know a critique or something in uh, at DC. I didn't think my work was good enough for Marvel. So um, and Neil Adams was, was a big influence. He was sort of my, my big influence in comics, even though I started to really study other illustrators. So I figured, well, if I'm going to get into comics, I should probably put on my Neil Adams hat again. Uh, so I did that. So I just said I'd heard like various, you know, bits of information, you know, like take a story and 
tell it your way or, you know, do several pages of storytelling so people can tell, do your own inking, you know, word, lettering and, and whatnot. So I did a between May 3rd and June, like June 7th or something like that for one whole month. I just did uh, a whole portfolio of pieces and it was all DC stuff. And it was pretty much all, all of the characters Neil was, was pretty much associated with, you know, Batman and Green Lantern, Green Arrow. And, yeah. you know, of course, like I, I, like I did, you know, some pinup type stuff and bits with Wonder Woman. And, and it, it was, it was, you know, it was trying to show a range of, of, of styles or versatility in terms of not so much style, but, but in terms of, you know, pinups or storytelling or covers or whatever. Right. So I, I, you know, this was back, I just, like, I just turned 20 and this was uh, back in the days when you could go to the offices and not have to, you know, kind of leave a a blood sample and a, (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah, you know, it was, it was really a lot easier. And I, you know, and being a, a country, a country kid, a farm kid. Um, you know, I got dressed up in a suit and tie, and you know, I big, I big check pants and brown polyester suit and Eiffel Tower tie. I mean, I looked, you know, <laughs> like a complete, a complete rube. But um, I didn't, I didn't have an, I didn't have an appointment, and where I lived was about three hours away by train oh, wow. from uh, from New York City. Yeah, it was way up in the, the New Jersey farm country. So I just sat and wanted to set out, you know, I went in there and I said, I want to see the art director, who I think was Vinny Coletta at the time. And they said, well, he's, you know, the woman said he's not in. And I just said, All right, I'll wait. So I just sat in the lobby while people came and went. And I, you know, I didn't, I pretty much didn't move. I was going to see him regardless of uh, you know, how long it, it took. <laughs> how long did it take? Oh, I was sitting there for at least two or three hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's um, if not, yeah, if not, maybe, yeah. maybe a little longer. You know, the idea of leaving was not even in the picture. It was like I, I was too ignorant to be scared, you know, and too, too committed to the mission to kind of give up or walk, walk out. And yeah, if she had said, yeah. you know, you have to come back, you know, I would have, I probably would have done so, but um, it would have been uh, difficult. But finally, I mean, I, I think what Polly did it, I, I was watching, she was, you know, doing her nails and like, cause it was quiet and, and she was also eating. And I was just sitting there, I was just watching her eat potato chips. And I think I really sort of rankled <laughs> her, you know, she was like, uh, cause I was almost sort of like staring at her. Cause I, you know, again, I, I'd been to New York city a, a number of times, but I was, you know, like I said, I was a farm kid. So um, she finally said, you know, he's in and I didn't see him come in. He actually had gone in through a back entrance, you know, which I guess, uh, you know, all the corporate, you know, especially like with the DC and Marvel both had FedEx, you know, freight delivery areas. So you could kind of go up quote the back way. And um, as opposed to, you know, having to walk through the lobby with a bunch of, you know, you know, hick freelancer wannabes, you know, sitting there (laughs) taking time. So, um, so I went in and he, he looked at my stuff and he said, I really like your work, kid, but um, if I gave you work, you'd be out on the street in, in a couple of weeks because there was that, that infamous DC implosion time when they were kind of dump, you know, dumping everybody. They were just sort of cutting back. So he, he, uh, he called up Neil Adams because obviously he, obviously he saw the influence. And I forget who it was. It, was. it might have been Tony Despoto or somebody like that, uh, who was, I think, up at the office and walked me over to Continuity. And um, Neil looked at my stuff 
and he sort of get, everybody gathered around and you know in between people sort of like very good naturedly sort of ragging on like ragging me on my attire um <laughs> you know i think dennis cowan was dennis cowan i said well i didn't realize at the time that dennis was there but um we just you know he told me that he was there like at the first day sort of where neil was sort of holding court making you know pointing out things in my work or whatever you know it was kind of an interesting big deal for me i mean just to be you know around neil you know getting some critique or whatever and he called up shooter you know the story is it comes it comes to me because i didn't hear him make the call but he basically said there's a you know there's a kid here you know i want you to see is one problem that he you know he draws like me and uh <laughs> you know and everybody was was again very very complimentary so i walked over to marble and um i think they wanted to kind of get rid of me there was almost like uh uh, Elliot Brown told me he actually had Jim Owsley, I think, well, you know, Christopher Priest at the time, Jim was a, an intern kind of, uh, and um, uh, it was sort of like, get rid of the freelancer, you know, it's like, cause I guess they get a lot of people coming in and who aren't up to the task. So I sort of got that same sort of treatment. It's like, oh, you know, let's, let's uh, bust this freelancer's chops, you know, and like, you know, so I think he was, he brought him into, brought me in to see Elliot. As and Elliot was going to kind of be the submissions editor at the time, okay. and I think Elliot was just going to sort of you know rake me over the coals in a, in a very sort of you know humorous fashion. And then he 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 looked at my stuff and he got up and he basically, from what I hear like now, is that he he went to Ralph Macchio and to Rick Marshall at the time and said, you know, it's like this one blew up in our faces. He's actually good, you know. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, so they uh, shooter saw my stuff, and um, Ralph. I, again, again, I met Ralph the very first day. Um, you know, which was which was great. I mean, he and I became super close over the years. You know, working together. You know, when he was uh, assistant editor at Danny. Well, pretty much what happened was, is I ended up you know getting. I thought I was going to get a you know pinup, and I ended up walking out with with a career. Yeah. So it was. Uh, you know, it was, it was it was a weird day because, you know, taking the train down in the morning from Dover, which was, you know, not too far from well, same, the same town as the Kubert School. Uh, there were these old uh, Erie Lackawanna trains that, you know, that uh, um, had wicker seats. I mean, they were they were just absolute antiques. You know, the seats would have the backs, the backs of the seats would actually flip, um, you know, so you could actually take the seat and position them one way or another so that if you're if you're going from new york to uh back to new jersey you could make all the seats facing the direction oh, you're going yeah so you don't have to ride backwards right exactly <laughs> and um but the seats were such that if you wore shorts and especially since it was it had just you know turned into the summer uh you know you stand up and the back of your legs would look like you know a, a wicker a wicker seat so um, it was, you know, really, and a lot of times it would dry out and it'd be broken. And there was, you know, there was, there were still smoking cars, you know, where the interior of the of the cars looked like like somebody's lung, um, oh, you know, pretty uh, pretty grotesque. Um, but when I left that night to go back to to New Jersey, somehow I ended up on a uh, on one of those commuter metro liners that uh, I guess it was a, one of the rush hour trains. 
And it was, you know, the air conditioned people in suits and the, with the luxury seats and everybody's reading New York Times. And, and I'm going, I remember going through Morristown and the sun is going down and I'm just grinning like a, like a, a simpleton because I'm, I'm sitting there going, wow, this is like a metaphor. You know, <laughs> it's like my life has changed. Like I go down and want, you know, with winter seats and I'm yeah. coming back and, you know, I mean, I tried not to make too big of a deal out of it in terms of looking for any kind of a sign, but <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, little did I know that, that sort of my life, you know, would change. So wow. I ended up not going back to school. I ended up, uh, you know, being offered a chance to teach, but I ended, and I ended up getting, you know, I guess one of the lifetime awards or whatever, you know, uh, Savion and I got one and, you know, for people who have sort of, um, done the school proud right so uh because uh, but I, I do remember getting a lot of heat i was uh in my you know going from my first year to second year because i wanted to take a lot of classes that uh that we weren't really allowed to take you had to second year you had to choose between fine art illustration or advertising and i wanted to take some of each and they said no you have to pick one and i said well i'm gonna i want to pick you know some of each <laughs> I, I still pretty much so i said all right I'll, I'll pick illustration but i would walk out of classes you know and go like go do life drawing oh, or yeah. go and, and study you know with my friends doing advertising work or whatever so i mean i guess it's like a sponge but yeah no so actually i never graduated <laughs> <laughs> well, so i went from yep. from uh you know the pain in the ass student to a working professional amazing but Ralph and, and like the whole thing with Moon Knight, um, I had never heard of Moon Knight. Um, I wasn't much of a werewolf by night reader, so I really didn't know the character. But I mean, I, you know, I knew the, all of the main characters. You know, I mean, I was a, uh, a big fan of both DC and Marvel. So I had, I had this weird mix of golly gee, I'm really excited. And at the same time, there was this little bit of, you know, anger or yeah. like sort of You're sticking like, me annoyance. With this. Yeah. And they said, we were, well, yeah, well, it's like, who's this? It's like, I'm not going to like, do like a Hulk pinup or something. <laughs> it's like, you know, or a Hulk story. Right. And then I, I remember asking who Moon Knight was. And uh, it was, I think it was Al Milgram who said it. He's like, he's like Marvel's version of Batman. So yeah. I think that what they did was they, they tried to figure out a character that would work and give, him, give me, you know, uh, like the opportunity to do my thing with some of the Neil Adams, Adams influence, with, you know, and I could take the character and do what I want with it in terms of, of the cape and everything. So I kind of went away from the whole Don Perlin, you know, version. Yeah. And I think, um, uh, you know, they offered it to me and, and Joe Rubenstein, I met Joe the first day and he offered to ink my stuff. And, um, and then I think they, they uh, went to Doug and, you know, cause Doug was, was, you know, I mean, I, I'd grown up on Doug's work, so, I was certainly aware of who he was. And um, I think I think the, the mandate was, you know, make it idiot proof for the kid, you know. So, I mean, he, <laughs> he spelled out everything, you know, everything for me. So, uh, you know, he, he was really um, I mean, it was such a learning, you know, a, a really drastic learning curve for me working with with, uh, with Doug. Because um, I've been used to writing my own stuff, you know, drawing my own stuff. And here I was having to, you know, draw tell a story and then come up with the looks of these characters but also draw for somebody else to ink my own work you know the idea of me inking my own work at the time that that was just not the way things were done yeah you know i was not a writer 
that you're going to be a tenth floor kid. That's what you do. And, uh, you know, it took a couple of years for me to actually work up the gumption to say, you know, I, I really want to, I want, I really want to, you know, ink and tell stories and do the whole line. You know, I was sort of chafing and chomping at the bit to, to do my own thing. So how did you find those first few issues? Were you okay with, um, you know, schedules and deadlines and, well, and just doing comics for the first time? It's different than doing a portfolio. Well, yeah. Well, it was, it was, like I said, it was a learning curve. But the back, I was, it started out in the back issues of the Hulk magazine. So um, uh, it had, uh, it was Steve Olick's first job as well when he was doing the, you know, the um, the sort of marble color, as it was was called, where they would drop out the black line for, to get certain things to recede. Right. Um, uh, you know, and it was really wonderful. I mean, I, I, I felt like I was really sort of spoiled, you know, in terms of what, what I was doing when I first came in. And uh, finally, after a number of issues, I mean, from having, you know, Joe Rubenstein ink me to, you know, to Bob McLeod, to Klaus Jensen. Um, and I think there was a black and white issue that I did, you know, a Marvel, like a Marvel super, super special then, you know, they, they did allow me to sort of, you know, take on as much as I wanted to do. I did a, a Star-Lord issue, uh, which was fun, you know, and I, I also did a, like a Moon Knight issue that was inked by Tom Palmer for a good portion of it. Mm-hmm. And I think he finally just got fed up with my, with my, my, my pencils, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or as he said, he said that he, he ran into a scheduling conflict, he couldn't finish it. So I, that was the first job I actually jumped in and, and decided I was going to, you know, ink, ink my own work. How did inking your own work change the way you went about penciling? It, at first, I mean, it was, you know, I was, I was used to putting everything down in the penciling, but the inking forced me, like I could budget when I was in doing a penciling, you know, penciling stuff. The biggest problem was, was doing an ambiguous line. You know, should, should I ink this line or should I ink this line? You know, and it's like usually if like have the distance, so the, the one thing about certain pencils is that, you know, it's, there's very much a definite way to a piece can be inked. I've learned, you know, after inking Neil for, you know, for a number of jobs, I mean, Neil's stuff is, is it's actually looks really tight, but it's deceptive. It's very, very much open to interpretation oh. because he'll use the side of the pencil and he'll actually use a very light touch sometimes. So what I end up doing is trying to uh, ink how, how light or how dark, that line is and not the line itself because uh if you ink a ink a a very light pencil line where other lines are darker you know around it it can end up kind of almost punching a hole in in the you know in the artwork so to speak it allowed me to sort of pencil less and handle and do all of the sort of rendering in the inking because i i felt i didn't really want to pencil it really tightly for myself um, because I would always get bored. I'd feel like, well, I've already drawn it. You know, I don't want to ink it, um, you know, because I, I'm, I'm done. I basically have done it. You know, I've always felt like do it once and, um, you know, and then move on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I still had to do things tight enough so that Doug or whomever I was working with could, could write the script and tell what was going on but not so tight that I could, uh, you know, that it would bore me. But the big, the big change for me in terms of pencils and changing my style and getting better was when I was also I was doing Moon Knight and I was asked if I wanted to take on, again, with Doug, issues of the Fantastic Four. Right. And um, it was just too good. It was just too good to, to say no to. I mean, I was, I was such a huge Fantastic Four fan. But it was, uh, it was fine. It was because 
that was actually Joe Sinnott's book. I mean, I was sort of coming in there doing, a, you know, a, filling a slot. I mean, Doug and I weren't really allowed to play with any of their sort of main characters, like not, no Doctor Doom, no, you know, you know Red, the Red Ghost or any of that stuff. Really? It was just we had to come come up with our own our own bits and characters that sort of uh, you know. But we were we were a placeholder, I think, between uh, for until John Byrne finally came on. But it was still a lot of fun because I learned so much uh, doing Moon Knight and the FF at the same time. Um, it was an incredible amount of work, but what it did was it stopped me from being precious about rendering. It actually forced me to uh, kind of just think about shape and placement, storytelling, and like I didn't—I didn't have to do all of the things, you know, rocks on his on his figure. I could just do the big shape of thing with you know with his brow, or if I did uh, the, the Human Torch, I didn't have to draw all the lines of his flame. I could just sort of make you know, do a silhouette, uh, you know, or an outline of a figure, and he would go in and, and just add all of the uh, the embellishments. Right. It left me free to concentrate on other aspects of comic storytelling. And that was a big, you know, turning point for me was, uh, you know, you know, became like everything I think in, in whatever we do, it's all, it's all incremental. And, you know, I think for any artist or writer, they have a certain point where something will click in, you know, that they realize that what might've been a, a very difficult position because it certainly was, I mean, the workload was, was insane, um, you know, doing two monthly books, yeah, uh, penciling two monthly books, but one of them was more of uh, breakdowns. Right. But um, when I, when I finally stopped working on Moon uh, on uh, BFF and just concentrated on Moon Knight, that was when I really, you know, wanted to do all my own inking, and that's when it kind of the last I don't know ten issues, each issue from issue to issue sort of uh, blew up in terms of, of you know really really wanting to stretch things because at that because by that point. I'd gotten so much of the uh, Neil Adams clone, you know, negativity or like, you know, uh, that it really forced me to kind of decide whether I was going to continue doing comics. I mean, I've always loved doing comics, but growing up on the, on the farm and being, you know, finding out about Neil's work and really loving it. It was, it was like, I'm, I want to be as good as this guy. I mean, so, you know, and there are plenty of Neil clones out there. So I really sort of just dove into it like obsessively. I mean, I studied anatomy and, you know, my mother had a bunch of medical journals. And she didn't, so that was like the closest I had to, you know, actual anatomy books were, were actually, you know, finding out where the muscles insert into the, you know, into the, uh, the ligaments and the bones and stuff right next to all of these horrible diseases. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was a kind of a mixed bag. But, you know, there were no other fans, no other kids that I really knew who re who read comics. I was kind of the only one. It was sort of my my thing. Even though I did comics in, in school for my classmates, you know, they were like I would do weekly installments of certain, you know, you know, characters. And I can't I can barely remember what they were. But uh, but they were always they'd always end up with a cliffhanger, you know. So I had like my fans and my readers in in like second and third grade, you know. But <laughs> yeah. um, but the idea of quote finding my own style, you know, what you tell people, you know, what I came to realize was that you know what I thought what what became the art that was uh, an influence for me that actually sort of saved my life, uh, you know, growing up. I think mostly it's not unusual for kids and people who get into comics to sort of have a 
you know, classic, you know, sort of horrible home life or, you know, something that they escaped from and into the world of comics. So I was no different in that regard. So what happened was, is that I think I just got so fed up and I realized that there were, my sketchbooks were full of, of paintings and fashion type drawings and, and it was more, much more illustrative kinds of work. And I, you know, I really wanted to bring that into comics and my wife at the time, uh, you know, and other people at Marvel were like, no, you can't, you can't do that. You know, that's not how it's done. I just, I thought, well, I either have to do it or I'm going to get out. You know, it's like, I just, I just need to tell comics, you know, my way, which, which really came down to being much more uh, about how things felt uh, than how things looked. Uh, I would almost like forced myself to kind of, I've been running doing Neil stuff, you know, kind of almost like on training wheels. Um, and what I ended up doing was sort of just kicked off the training wheels and, and fell over a lot doing my own thing. But I was pulling in all of the, the, you know, the sources and influences and things I'd learned in art school, plus things that I, I'd always done as a kid growing up. Cause I really, I mean, I was really into guys work like Sergio Aragonis, oh, yeah. you know, or even uh, Sal Buscema, you know, um, there were all of these, uh, interesting stylistic changes, you know, that, that I really allowed myself to explore. But if I had actually started trying to get a job at Marvel with the style I ended up with, you know, at the, the tail end of Moon Knight, sort of like around, the, you know, the issue of Hit It, um, mm-hmm. which to me was sort of like the the issue that I'm, you know, I recall the most in terms of, again, as one of the, the biggest turning points for me. Yeah, I was going to mention that of, one. Of, it's one of my favorites, too. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, that, that to me was like one story I wanted to plot. I, and I think I remember talking to Doug about just wanting to do a story that, you know, felt like it had some kind of, it was more about music. And I, and I think I also, at that point, I was tired of the villain of the month. I found it much more intriguing to deal with subtext uh, and what, you know, what, mo- what the character's motivations might be. So, I mean, the whole idea of Hit It for me was just that, you know, you can grow up in a really horrible environment, you know, not taking a, too much of a page from my own life. And you can either put, turn it into art or make, you know, make lemon, you know, lemon meringue pie or lemonade out of the lemons, or you can go around and just be, you know, an asshole, yeah. you know, and make things worse, which is, that was really the whole point, you know. But I mean, the way that Doug, Doug wrote it, um, you know, he really kept the, the whole beat aspect to it and um i remember uh after all the sort of negative comments about you know bill sinkevich is a neil adams clone it looks like he he learned to draw from neil adams period to um uh to you know issue by issue sort of changing the style and make going going more abstract and darker and and you know much more uh, experimental um you know, then when I would start getting phone calls from you know other professionals and from people outside of comics who were fans, um, that I realized I was kind of onto something. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, it sort of felt it sort of felt good that you know, I was being tolerated at the very least. You know, and again, that's where Ralph Ralph really comes into it because Ralph was we became friends, you know, working together. And then when you know when I started to push the you know the envelope a little bit with the later the later issues. Um, uh, I was certainly nervous, you know, I was afraid that uh, I was going to be shut down, but I, again, I, it, what I kept coming back to was I'm either going to do this or I'm going to get out. 
at any point, I think, you know, Ralph or uh, Danny could have said, you know, this is, this is not working. But, um, you know, if anything, I mean, Ralph was certainly like, he loved everything I was doing. It's almost like he, it was almost a conspiratorial thing. It was like, let's push it. Let's push it. Let's yeah. push it. So like I, like I said, it was, you know, having, having him as a, as an ally in, you know, in the company. I mean, you know, and I think also it's like, like I've worked with, you know, obviously with, with, with uh, Doug and with Chris Claremont and Alan Moore and Frank Miller and Kelly Sudakai, you know, I've worked with, you know, some of the, the most, you know, amazing writers. I've been incredible, so incredibly fortunate and uh, I, I feel almost, you know, kind of bad that Doug sort of got me, you know, in my greenest state because uh, I felt like, you know, he, he had to sort of um, pull me up by my bootstraps and, and uh, like the later, I think, uh, you know, the earlier issues, I think I'm really proud of them in terms of the tr- like the transition and sort of solid comic book stuff when I think of solid Marvel comics, because there was a period there where I was, when I was doing comics, I couldn't feel that I, like I was actually doing comic books you know maybe because I was I felt like I was not really being myself and then when I started to uh, try things a little bit more you know out there what happened was I ended up you know getting an issue in you know in the mail and I looked up and I saw that corner symbol you know because to me you know people who did comics were guys like John Buscema or Gil Kane or yeah. you know any of the the stalwarts you know the sort of you know the institutions it was like i felt like that classic uh i'm a pretender you know they're going to find me out but when i saw the corner symbol with moon knight you know to me it was like it was like oh i guess if if it, if it has the marble imprint and the corner symbol and the price tag and the uh, <laughs> uh you know the comics code authority you know the real deal together on crappy newsprint it was, a very, again, another very liberating thing. It was like, wow, whatever I put in here, if they publish it, it's a comic book. So <laughs> it kind of became this uh, this enticing, you know, uh, inciting aspect of sort of like, let's see what I could, I could push. Wow. I mean, so it, it you know, it like doing like double page spreads and, and uh, really flexing the, you know, the, the muscles that, uh, and the freedom you know, uh, on the later issues, like especially after hit it with, I forget the, 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 the night, the night character, uh, you know, and then of course Morpheus and then of course the werewolf by night, mm-hmm. you know, which sort of brought up full circle. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was ready to leave the, the book after issue 26, but I decided I was going to stay around to, for, you know, to issue, issue 30 for them to uh, find somebody to replace. And of course, the person who came in after was was a little little you know uh, youngster named Kevin Nolan, who certainly has you know gone on to to be magnificent. Oh yeah, you know. So it was uh, it was an interesting transition for the you know, for the character. I I have the two epic collections, the Moon Knight epic collections, and um, looking forward to the third one. So is that, that, is that how is it? Are the how are the two the, the two collections? Is one from the back back of the Hulk magazine? Yes. So the first and one. And the other one is the issues. Oh, okay. Yeah, the first one has all of the Hulk stuff plus the Marvel preview black and white issue, and then the first four issues of right. the monthly, and then the second issue or the second volume carries on to number twenty three. Twenty three. Okay. And right. The third volume isn't announced yet, but it'll have the rest of it. But it's just fascinating looking at those two books. And, and like you can flip through it and see the evolution of your artwork, um, and like you're saying, issue by issue, slowly going more and more 
um, more darker, abstract, and and pushing the envelope each one. It's just fascinating to to have that in your hand and and looking at it like that. It's interesting you say that. Um, I mean, I I on very rare occasions I will, uh, you know, when people ask me to sign a copy of something, I'll I'll look through it, uh, you know, sort of leaf through it. But to be honest, I, I haven't read like the series, you know, I think ever, you know, so the idea of actually going back and grabbing, you know, a copy of, of it and just sort of seeing, I mean, because I, I think I feel, you know, um, almost like wincing, you know, I just yeah, look back at some of the, the, the horrible, the horrible stuff I did, yeah. you know, and it's like, uh, but you're realizing that, of course, you know, it's just, it's just part of the, the natural evolution yeah. of, um, of something. But again, it, I forgot that. I mean, I forget how many issues of the of the Incredible Hulk magazine. Yeah, there was like six or seven of them, um, I think. There was an issue. I think uh, one issue that I, you know, that sort of becomes like one that I, I gravitate toward in terms of uh, another one of those those life changing things where uh, it's the cover. The cover has Moon Knight fighting another guy with a scimitar in a sandstorm, and I think the interior uh, has Moon Knight going inside one of the pyramids, the crypt of, of Khonshu. And I ended up breaking my drawing hand during that issue. So there were a number of pages in there that, that were just these big, simplified, like large areas of, of just black shadow and very <laughs> oh, little rendering. Really? Because uh, I ended up, uh, yeah, just, I, I took my hand out of the cast to draw. And I, you know, I should never have done that. But, uh, but it did, but again, it, what how I recall it, you know, for me, it became that was when I, I quit smoking and drinking and quit my marriage, quit coffee, quit, you know, meat. It was like I just went, I like I want to be around for a while. And uh, so I kind of doubled down on the work and trying to do better work and uh, and kind of gave up all of the sort of the bad habits that I, I'd grown up with in the country. Not that I was into chewing tobacco, but but that was you know that was what was on the farm, you know. So there was with drinking and just really sort of heavy duty, light like living. Right. And I realized that 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 and uh, drawing comics or making a, a career out of out of artwork, one of those those things has to give. Wow. So, you know, for for longevity's sake. I want to ask a couple more just. Um... A few more fun questions. Out of your your whole Moon Knight run, you didn't get to do any guest stars, really, except for, I think, Daredevil was in one issue. Um, who were some guest stars that you would have liked to do at that time? I mean, now, now I know you've you've drawn pretty much everybody at some point. But... Well, I think with uh, I think in the back of the Hulk magazine, I think I did get a chance to do the Hulk. Oh you know, yeah, that's right. That. Yeah, yeah, so that was yeah, that was one. But but in terms of like the actual um, like run, I, I probably would have enjoyed you know like getting the doing something with the Punisher or oh, maybe yeah. you know any of the Avengers like Captain America or Iron Man or somebody like that would have been fun. Um, I don't know if I would have really kind of gotten into wanting to do Spider Man because I always just hated the web, like doing the web. I always just, like would draw <laughs> the webbing the wrong way. You yeah, know? right. So it was. Uh, that's when I it was like, okay, I need I need uh, an anchor who's going to just do all the webbing. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen an like a, a story between uh, Moon Knight, you know, because he had that sort of mystical aspect of you know the whole Khonshu and everything um, with the, maybe a Doctor Strange. I oh, mean, that yeah. would have been fun to do, and um, and then maybe uh, you know a female character, you know, uh, at the time because uh, I always felt that 
Marlene was was fun to do, but I sort of felt that she became sort of the the uh, the adjunct uh, female, you right, know, the sidekick. Yeah. You know, I did some covers for for Spider Woman, which was which were fun, but not even sure if at the time if you know the female Hulk was was around or anything. So I don't know really know how many of the uh, you know the female characters were were there. Maybe Scarlet Witch or something, but. Yeah. Trying to fit that into a, a Moon Knight story because Moon Knight was kind of a uh, separate and apart. He wasn't really, you know, real kind of a way part of the Marvel universe. He was sort of a self-contained. You know, it was you know for, for like Daredevil was was dealing with Sin City and not Sin City with the, I mean sorry with the Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, Moon Knight was was on his own path. Yeah, um, and I you know even though it was a, it was a character you know a single named character book you know Moon Knight it wasn't like the Avengers or the Justice League or anything like that. For all intents and purposes, you know, for three years, I you know I ended up doing a, a group book. You know, certainly because he 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 alone he alone is a group. Yeah, you know, of course. Yeah, uh, with and then with all the supporting characters. Which is your favorite personality um, for Moon Knight? Jake Lockley or Stephen Grant or Mark Spector, which is your favorite? You know, I guess it would, I, I'm, I actually had probably had the most fun with the sort of acting stuff with the, the, the Jake Lockley character, you know, the cab driver. Yeah. But I think doing him as, you know, um, Mark Spector was, was a lot of fun because I could, I could really sort of play with the emotions of, you know, having him look angry and, you know, and being a badass. And then I always felt that when I was drawing him with all the glitzy, you know, uh, trappings of wealth, you know, I felt like I was doing Bruce Wayne, you know, there. So it right. was uh, it was a way to sort of, uh, in a weird kind of way, that like uh, dealing with a character that had, you know, and I don't know if this is any kind of a through line in terms of my career, but, you know, doing, uh, you know, eventually doing Legion or that, or even with the, the New Mutants with the Demon Bear story where it starts off as kind of a nightmare Mm-hmm. scenario and then wanting to really do stories of and artwork that felt a certain way like if um there were artists who could draw you know somebody getting angry or yelling but i you know i would want to draw it so that the the mouth was open much further you know much farther than than it would normally go to really kind of capture that that anger you know in terms of how it how it felt the emotional truth of it so the idea of playing with a character that had several personalities, um, you know, I think in a weird kind of a way, hearing through the grapevine or the rumblings over the years that, that uh, there's, you know, a Moon Knight series is in the offing, maybe on Netflix or something like that. I, don't, I mean, I don't know for a fact or anything, but I certainly heard, you know, enough talk of it that it would be perfect, you know, for, yeah. for TV because of the fact that he is, he does have, you know, a multiple personality issue. You know, that's the kind of stuff that that I found infinitely more fascinating. You know, than drawing the uh, the villain of the month. Not to say though that uh, uh, I would have loved to have done. You know, with the FF. I mean, I would have you know loved to have done. You know, uh, like the the, uh, the Red Ghost with his with his his gorilla. You know, his with his apes. Or, you yeah. know, or or Doctor Doom or any you know or the Surfer or any of those. You know, Galactus. I mean, any any of those characters, you know, to dip my toe into the, into the sort of the, the wellspring of every, of every you know, the, of the history, you know, that would have been a blast. Yeah. But I, I think, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I haven't really thought about that. You know, yeah. nobody's, nobody's really asked me about, you know, about that. Would you be intentional about drawing each 
personality a specific way, like with posture and all this kind of stuff? I think I tried to do that. You know, I, I think it was also at the time there was there was you know element of trying to do, and I think it, I was also trying to sort of undo or deconstruct some of the Neil Adams, the the the, the Neilisms, you know, as I called them. Yeah. You know, it's because uh, finding my own way of having the characters act. I ended up having a lot more of a liberating experience with Marlene um, in terms of her acting, you know, because I felt that I could, I could sort of, could have her be a little bit more uh, demonstrative. You know, I think it was probably even more of a, of a chauvinist, you know, display. I mean, it, with Spectre or Lockley or, um, you know, Stephen Grant, yeah. he just sort of had to stand there and look, you know, and look debonair or right. like, you know, but I would like to say I tried to, you know, give all the characters their own distinctive, iconic look. But I think at the same time, I was also probably like, since I was learning on the fly, I think it was like, as long as it, like, he, he looked like he was standing in the panel next to somebody else, there was a part of me that felt like, okay, that's, that's a win right there, you know? Any of the other acting, there, you know, there were, there were points where I felt like I kind of nailed certain things. But other times it was... Uh, you know, the, the, there, were, there were times when Moon Knight was the least fun character to draw. I mean, I would rather draw, you know, any of the three other characters, partly because he had that, you know, that cowl. And, you know, there was no, even though he had, you know, a face underneath there was pretty much like a, a gauze or like just a, a, a standard kind of a, um, not a tight, very tight fitting face mask. Yeah. So whenever the light would, you know, would would show, he ended up looking on more, you know, more like a, a guy wearing a bag, you know. Right. I really couldn't do a lot of, you know, drawing like Neil, wanting to really kind of get into the emotions of people biting their lip or yelling, like which I I got a chance to do obviously when he was Jake Lockley or or Mark Spector or with the other characters, but with Moon Knight I really couldn't. I had to express so much of that with through his body language uh, and his eyes you know, with his face in shadow. And I, so it was, it was, you know, a problem, but at the same time, the, the upshot is, is that when I would, when deadlines would get tight, I loved the fact that he had, you know, he could be dropped into so much shadow. I didn't have to draw his face at all. I could just start two little eyes and that was it, you know? So it became this, this double-edged sword. You know, when I, when, when I really wanted to, to explore the emotions of something, I, I'd uh, probably, like have them look into a spotlight but other times it's like okay the less you know less is more less is more less is more right and, and at a certain point moon knight became like what would hit it and everything moon knight almost became for me I, I was starting to have more fun with the storytelling and with the other characters and with experimenting with certain things that moon knight was not like at, at, toward the end was not the he, he it happened to be his book and it happened to be like, you know, he, so he would appear in it. Yeah. But um, he was almost like the master of ceremonies for me. You know, like yeah. that. So at some point he's going to make he's going to make a an appearance. But it wasn't like he was the, you know, the main reason for me to, to, to stay on the book at that point. Uh, you know, it, it became like, you know, I, I know he's going to come in and I'm going to get a chance to do the X, Y and Z with him. But I sort of have had after like so many issues, I'd sort of set you know, set the ground rules in terms of what I, I, uh, I saw him as. So again, the, the, the fun of it came, came from all the sort of new toys that were associated, like the new setups, you know, or like with the, uh, the werewolf, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. was the fun character to do, you know, so yeah. Moon Knight, you know, getting beaten up or, tore or ripped up, 
was like, it became like, how, how, uh, how many different ways can I rip this, you know, Moon Knight's costume to shreds, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, one last question for you. Mm-hmm. This is purely speculative, but if Marvel had said, no, we can't use you, where do you think you'd be right now? That's a really good question. I've wondered about that. Um, uh, I probably would have, what I was, the reason I did it, like, left my second year, I probably would have gone back to art school for my third year. And then maybe I would have tried again. Yeah. But I also wanted to do like, you know, illustration and movie posters, which I did, uh, you know, I got married very young. So I did start doing more illustration uh, work, but, you know, illustration was a, was a tough nut to, to crack to sort of get into the big, you know, the big leagues um, because um, it sort of, ch- things started to change right around the time I started getting out of art school. So uh, that's a that's a really good question. It's like the part of me that almost shudders to think because I kind of made myself <laughs> useless for any kind of nine to five job. Right. Um, I mean, I I loved science and you know and physics and chemistry and stuff, and I I could have seen you know maybe going into that arena, but it would have had to have been something with art. You know, comics are sort of in my in my DNA. So if I hadn't if I hadn't gotten it, I probably would have found a way to you know to do them regardless hmm, wow. you know okay yeah i think it's just that polish stubbornness you know the, to- the taurus the taurus in me <laughs> yeah right on yeah. well thank you for yeah. chatting with me bill this has been a, a blast oh, sure. very My interesting pleasure. yeah really great all right man thanks, thanks. Bill. have a great day